Hey, this is Nicholas Rousen, and you're listening to The Light Source. And welcome to episode 37 of Light Source, the official podcast of StudioLighting.net, the website that introduces photographers to portrait and studio lighting equipment and techniques. I'm Bill Crawford, publisher. And I'm Ed Hidden, exclusive photographer and image inspector with iStockphoto.com. Now, on today's show, we have with us part two of the Fashion Week interviews that we did. Uh, this one is with Nicholas Routson. He's going to be talking with us about some of his fashion technique that he has done and uh, some of his dramatic lighting tips and, and portraits. You know, I'm, I'm rambling here, but I mean, we'll be getting into him very shortly. But before that, kind of a slow news week, not a whole lot going on. Did you have any news that you had found, Bill? Um, not a lot. I did just want to quickly mention a contribution from John Urbanski, one of our readers at StudioLighting.net, who let us know, I guess a few episodes back, we were talking about the new wireless remote trigger system from Alien Bees, and we had remarked a little bit about how we really wanted to give that a shot. Well, John Urbanski sent us a mini article, kind of a preview of this item as he's purchased one, and he kind of let us know what he thought of it, and you can get that article on StudioLighting.net. It's pretty interesting because he said that they tested it with a couple of other brands of mono lights and it worked just fine. So we were talking about that a little bit. Whether or not it would only work with Alien Bees products, they were able to successfully trigger photogenic strobes with them as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, something to check out on the website. Yeah, I would think they would work as long as it has a, um, as long as you can get that plug to made up on the back side of it. Right. And, and feed power into it. Right. Well, the power, right. Yeah, it, it's it's actually, if you look at the photos, it's in line right before the power plug goes in the back of the mono light. It's kind of like those standard power plugs that you see on the back of a computer. Like oh, okay, yeah. Plug. So, yeah, almost all of those lights are using that same standard connector, too. So Right, so I'm, I'm assuming, you know, now that we have a little bit of evidence, that it probably would trigger most any mono light that uses a standard plug. But we will get more information on that. Oh, cool. That's pretty neat. Yeah. How about you? Um, not really finding a whole lot. Well, kind of like in the fantasy news section, I saw that uh, Sigma is releasing a 200 to 500 millimeter lens. Good gravy. Yeah, it's huge. It's well. Wait, get a hold of this. It's f 28 throughout. Oh, you're kidding. No, that is insane. It's it's in their EXDG line. It has a it has looks like it has a briefcase handle on the top of it and like four <laughs> Allen screws to hold the the body together on it. Wow. Yeah, it's it's mammoth. I, I bet the end of it. Now I don't know what the millimeter is on the end where the filter would screw on. If anyone even makes a filter this big, <laughs> but it looks like it's wider than the body of the Sigma camera that's attached to it. That's a that's pretty cool. It's huge. No news on price, availability, or weight. I showed it to a friend of mine, and I said, you know, if you tilt your head to the side, it kind of looks like the Stanley Cup. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he's like, oh, wow, I wonder what that looks like on a camera. I said, there is a camera on the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's quite huge. I, I told someone else about it, and they said, come on, that's got to be April 1st news. I said, no, it's about a month early. Wow. Well, that is fantasy news, man. That's... <laughs> yeah. I, it, well, it's probably about the first... Uh, um, lens i've seen that actually has an lcd panel on it no <laughs> dude that's worth a couple thousand right there just for the Shoot. cool factor 
shooting distance and focal length. I would love we'll to have that. <laughs> Does it have like lasers inside? I don't know if it has quote unquote lasers. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like wow. Yeah, that thing's pretty pretty awesome. Other than that, not a whole lot of news going on. I uh, just got back from a big photo shoot this weekend down in Philly. It's about 50 other iStock photographers and uh, multiple locations. And That's awesome. How'd that go? It was pretty good. I think uh, I think the coordinator just sent an email out and said that it's going to be a while till everything's sorted out because they had over 100 model releases to go through. Wow. Yeah, so, I, was, I really, really wanted to get to that mini lips. But my lazy butt screwed up and I missed the deadlines. <laughs> it was uh it was interesting. It was really they had a really good system for um making sure that all of the models know who shot them. Like they had a they gave a card to all of the models and said, "All right, when when you're working with any photographer, get them to write down on your thing. That way at the end, you know, they're not going, "Well, I think I shot with five different photographers." They can say, "No, you shot with these guys and these guys owe you pictures." That's cool. Yeah, it was really, really well organized that way. And uh, hats off to uh, Nancy Louis that actually did a lot of the legwork on it and inspired a lot of the, the helpers. So it was pretty cool. That's good times. Yeah, kudos to her. Did you get to use any of the lighting gear? Um, of course I got to use lighting gear. <laughs> <laughs> I found myself wandering around the one one hotel with the ring flash in my hands the whole time. Oh, cool. And now in retrospect, I'm kicking myself for not doing more with it. Yeah, I've seen I, I, some of your shots. They were pretty neat. The effect is definitely cool. And after the fact, I got thinking about it. I said, oh, I, I had this ring flash that when I was in available light areas, I just kind of like set it down to the side. I should have just taken it off and fired it up into the ceiling or something like, or bounced it off a wall or oh, something right, like that. Right. And I'm just, I'm kicking myself for not thinking of that on my feet while I was there. Doing a Mark Robert helper. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. I had brain fade or something. <laughs> well, you can't tell from your photos. I think you brought back some pretty cool shots. No, oh, I appreciate that. Uh, one other last piece of news, quickly, before we move into the interview. I just had a friend of mine, Andrea. She was reminding me that, well, this is Wednesday night as we record this, and she said, oh, America's Top Model's on. you got to go check it out. You're missing it. And I'm like, Ugh. I'm like, I always miss it. I, I don't know what the deal is, but Wednesday night is just not a good time for me. I found out that this season's America's Top Next Top Model is on iTunes. Oh, sweet. So if you're lazy like me and can and have problems with making it to the TV in time on Wednesday nights, uh, you can pick up the shows there and you can watch them over and over and over again if, if you don't want to catch them on VH1 when they overrun them. Oh, I think we talked about this a little bit before. You know, it's not necessarily the quality of the show that kind of gets you. You like to watch them do the lighting setups and stuff, right? I don't. I, I get sucked into the the reality <laughs> right. of it too. I mean, I'm just I'm as much of a you know a um, a rubbernecker as the next person. There you go. For for the European people, I don't know if that's a term over there, but the rubberneckers are the people that. Uh, slow down when they approach a car accident and, and kind of turn their head in the car to see what's what's <laughs> going on. So, yeah, I, I stop and look at the train accident that is that show. There you go. But, they, I mean, they have amazing photographers and, and the great concepts, and I always love hearing the direction that they give the models and, and how they how they set up what they're going to do, and I, I just think it's a, it, it's a really cool glimpse into the backside of uh, the business of the piece that, you know, we connect with as well. 
So I, I also thought that was a good lead-in for, for a fashion interview. Yeah, speaking of glimpses into the industry, Nicholas was literally coming off of a, a set, I think, when we grabbed him on the cell phone. So we tried not to take too much of his time, but I think we got a really cool interview out of him. Yeah, he was a fun guy to talk to. So let's jump right into that. On this edition of The Light Source, we have with us another fan favorite from the Flickr group. See, that's why I screwed it up the first time. There's too many Fs in there. (laughs) We have with us Nicholas Routson, a photographer from, well, all over. Uh, Currently, we're talking to him in New York City. just finished up with some Fashion Week stuff. And he kindly took a few moments from uh, post-processing and getting all those images together to talk to us here on the show. So thanks for joining us, Nicholas. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. How are you guys doing? Well, we're doing pretty good. Uh, looking at your portfolio, you have uh, some amazing work. Uh, we've talked with a few fashion photographers as well, but um, you, when you got started with photography, how did you uh, catch the photo bug and then translate it into a fashion career? Uh, well, you know, it's funny, actually. When I started, I had nothing to do with people. Um, kind of always had either a video camera or a camera in my hand. It kind of emerged from a lot of video, from surfing and traveling into shooting uh, more people, but I pretty much traveled most of the world by the time I got out of senior year in high school. My parents always pushed that on me, you know, like the travel culture, just, you know, trying out new things and while doing that, always, pretty much always just had a camera, you know, and take random pictures while I'm traveling landscapes with people. And um, I don't know, it kind of turned into shooting music. I've, I've always kind of grown up with a lot of music. Kind of worked into that, that mode and then after I... I definitely decided I like shooting people after doing that in big groups. And, you know, bands always have energy, a lot, a lot of different stuff going on. And uh, I don't know, one day I just kind of shot um, a couple couples, and I like working a little bit more intimate with the subjects, more so in kind of a fashion, portrait manner. And uh, the next thing you know, I sort of keep girl in front of the camera, and, you know, it was just a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of turned out that way, and then... I don't know, it turned into a lot more fashion stuff, and after I started moving a little bit, I just completely fell in love with doing it. Well, it certainly sounds like it's led you on a, a bunch of different adventures. Um, <laughs> I did I did some a uh, little bit of Googling about you before we got you on the air here, and I, I just found a, a blog Uh-oh, post. Uh-oh, what'd you find? <laughs> <laughs> I found a blog post about getting stuck in the subway for two hours in a subway car while trying to figure out how they are going to unflood the subway tracks. Yeah, I'm... Uh... <laughs> My name's all over all over the internet, you know, for <laughs> bad things, I guess. But um, there's plenty of funny stuff floating around. I I like to blog a lot of stuff with friends, and you know, especially with MySpace and all those things going on. There's always funny stuff to read, you know. Always always a decent story to tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's definitely turned up some great images um, from from our little bits of research that we've done here. Some of the work that really has struck me is some of your real dramatic lip portraits where you have, like, the background and there's a lot of energy going on in the shots. Like, uh, there's one that we're looking at here, and we'll link to it from the, the studiolighting.net website. And there's a, a blonde model with uh, some orange eyeliner or eyeshadow and an orange top as well, and oh, hair right, is just right. kind of going all over the place. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, it's it's a lot of really great energy in in these types of uh, in the, in this series of shots. So I mean, do these types of things come from you, or do they come from direction from a client, or I mean, how do you work some of these these really cool that, concepts that like this? That particular shoot, we had kind of um, I work with a couple solid teams. One, my my main base here in New York, 
we pretty much come up with everything together, you know, anything from hair and makeup to what we want to be doing with posing or, most importantly, our idea and our theme for the whole shoot, you know, where we're going to where we're going to go with the whole thing, who we might want to pitch it to or who we're actually shooting for. But that particular one was, you know, there's a lot of 80s vibes going on right now, and we kind of wanted to play around, have some fun with that, you know, and in doing that, we wanted to throw a little twist, and after after the first shot, we, we were doing a lot of movement, and I said, you know, maybe we should do this, we should just do this a whole movement story, a lot of a lot of stuff going on and make it, you know, we all kind of were like, okay, I like where you're going with that, but let's have a little something else. So we're like, let's do the whole aerobic thing, the workout, you know? That's cool. So we started playing with that, and we had the music going, everyone's kind of dancing, you know. It's, I mean, a lot of the shoots are a lot of energy, having fun. Definitely got to get the girl really comfortable, you know. That's that's one of my biggest concerns, making sure, you know, everyone's really mellow and comfortable. And, yeah, Shannon was great. She was, I mean... By the end of the shoot, she was, like, having to stop and sweating and stuff because she was working, you know. <laughs> As you can see in the photo, she's jumping up and down, doing crunches, throwing her hair around, that whole bit. Well, it turned into a really amazing series. Well, thank you so much. <clears throat> Nicholas, it's, it seems like you go a little bit back and forth between studio and and location shots. Do you have a preference, or do you... Uh... I'm shooting a lot of studio pretty much since I moved out to New York because I know that you know, there's there's a lot more variety out here, and with the seasons and whatnot, if you're not traveling to warm warm areas, especially in the winter, you know, you got to be in the studio. <laughs> right. But I tried to round that off a little bit. Um, I if I had a preference, it would be on location. I mean, my my fetish is a really good location, something gritty, something different, something that's just going to completely add to the whole the whole scene. I I just feel like being on location for me personally is just much more enjoyable. When wouldn't to kind of follow up on that, then, when you pick a location out, like, do you tend to do that first, or do you usually pick your locations to match the image that you have in your head? Like, do you have some favorite spots? How's that process work? Well, you know, I'm, oh man, in New York, it's just everything's. I don't know. There's so much. Like, I, I have really dirty scenes. Like, I guess you look at most of my work, and it's you know, it's a little more, a little bit more dark what you're seeing as far as backgrounds and whatnot. Um, so if you're out in Brooklyn or you're out in Manhattan, you know, it's, it's kind of like everywhere you go, there's something great. Well, at least I see it that way, you know? Right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, it kind of just evolves from, if, if I see a good location, I keep it in my head. Like, I, my biggest deal is if I've seen something, I'm going to remember it 10 years down the road, you know, because it's in my head and it's completely locked in. Growing up, I was always kind of a really visual learner, so pretty much everything I would see all the physical things, the tangible things, you know, I just completely remember. So when I see a good location, it's just kind of embedded into my head, you know. So when I have a shoot coming up, I'll think like, oh, there's this great location here or there. But obviously that has a lot to do with what you're shooting, too. If someone wants to do a certain kind of theme, you know, you kind of think of the locations you've seen. Or if you can't find them, then you research. <laughs> you know what I mean? Google whatever and you'll find it for sure. Right. So now, when you're on location in some of these scenes, what do you find that you're taking with you in terms of a kit and equipment? Well, I guess for the most part, on all of my stuff, I like to I like to keep everything to the minimal. I don't like having a lot of excess stuff. Um, when I'm doing location, I'll usually just shoot one to two heads. I'd say for the most part, yeah, one to two heads. I like keeping a lot of close light. I like a lot of 
more underexposed backgrounds. Um, and I definitely like to keep the face the most well lit. I'm, I'm big on seeing a lot of the eyes and really bringing out the face in detail, you know. So that's kind of where I work with what I shoot. But I shoot a lot of beauty dish. I love the beauty dish, uh, collapsed umbrella. But for the most part, one to two heads. And, you know, if I need some fills in there with some cards and whatnot, but I like playing with the ambient. It's funny you mentioned the collapsed umbrella because I think you're the, the second photographer. I, well, what was it? Not the last interview we did, but the one previous to that, the photographer was talking about shooting with a collapsed umbrella, and I'm like, you know, why am I not thinking of these <laughs> these well, unconventional things to try? Right. No, it's it's also, I mean, it, it's still clean, but I don't know. With the full umbrella, there's, it's kind of all over the place. You know, it just gives it a little bit more control, a little bit more shadow. But, I mean... For preference, I'd, I'd definitely be shooting beauty dish. I got a pretty deep mold dish, and uh, those things aren't fun to take on location, but they're great light, you know. Now, actually, when you're shooting with like a collapsed umbrella, are you using? You're not using it as a shoot through. You're still using it as a reflective, correct? Yeah, yeah, reflective. Usually, I'll usually roll a uh, silver, or I'll have a silver behind the light, you know, to shoot through. So it's a uh, it's a little cleaner and not so dark, but definitely gives a nice. Nice little shadow and wrap for sure. We haven't had a whole lot of guests that we've been able to talk with about beauty dishes. What are some of the challenges of beauty dishes? What are some of the uh, the differences in how you approach the subject with a beauty dish? Well, let's see. I don't know. Me personally, um, I like to light with dish real tight. I like to get um, I like to get it really controlled. Keep it really tight around the face. Um, some problems I'd say are shadows under the chin or funny out where the shadow's going to line, depending on your face, you know, if this beauty dish isn't going to work for them, you know, you'll see that right away, but, you know, it cleans up the skin real nice, really good shadow, really good contrast, and then I kind of like to keep mine close, close overhead, so I get a deep shadow over the face, too, but, you know, I'm big on having nice catch lights in the eyes, and sometimes that won't work out for the way I like, but, um... I'd say for the most part, you know, most of my life's pretty consistent as far as that goes using the beauty dish. That's cool. I noticed in in your portfolio a couple of images where you uh, where you had ring flash. Do you do you still pull that out every once in a while? Or um... yeah, you know what? I was never really a big fan of the ring flash. Um, I don't know. I always kind of frowned on it. I'm just like, you know, these, these guys just throwing on camera on, or they put a that's their deal, and that's it. You know. I was always kind of like, you know, I want to do something a little bit more technical or this and that, but I've actually, I've been playing with it a lot lately and I'm starting to have some fun with it and actually bring it into the scene a little bit more, but it definitely has its own look, you know, so it's, right. it's kind of specific what you're going to be doing with it, I guess. That's cool. Uh, but I've kind of been playing around with that a little bit more and then throwing somewhere, mixing in the ring flash with beauty dishes or umbrellas to see, you know, what I like, but I really like the effect it gives just straight on with a clean wall or a corner. That's cool. I mean, one of the things that stands out, I think, in your portfolio is definitely your your diversity. It seems like you're you're able to really pull off a lot of different looks, which isn't always the case with photographers, but I think it's uh, it's pretty apparent just looking through your work. Is that something that you're intentional about, or is it just, uh, you know, come from your experience and your understanding of light? Um, looks as far as, are you talking just looks and like a story, like eight to ten looks. Or you're talking like looks of lighting. Like the lighting, different. I guess, mostly. I, I meant that it seems like you're good at a whole lot of different types of lighting. 
I see some staff stuff. I see some, you know, some contrasty stuff. It's it's just a really diverse portfolio, which is which is I think rare and cool. Right. Well, well, first of all, thanks. <laughs> right. Cool. Um, I don't know. I guess I I'm kind of all over the place sometimes. Sometimes I want to write this way. Sometimes that way. I haven't just stuck to one specific thing because I guess for no reason. I you know I like to mix it up. I I see something that might inspire me and. You know, I might want to keep that in the back of my head and not just go exactly one route or one kind of light. And I don't know, it's also kind of nice so people know you got a variety of style as well rather than just one specific line, you know? Absolutely. That's pretty cool. Yeah, as I say, being a commercial shooter, it's probably got to do uh, a lot in terms of uh, what assignment you get you get taken to. You know, it's like you get all these different right, right. things that you can pull out of your hat to to, to make things happen. But you know, even right, as yeah. Bill mentioned, you had you do have a lot of very diverse uh, styles, but it still it still looks like your work. I, I think that's a you know probably an testament to to being diverse, but still keeping it your own as well. Right, and that's that's definitely another thing. You know, when you when you dip into a lot of the more editorial feel or heavy heavy ratios and a lot more shadows, it sometimes can be as appealing to certain markets, you know, especially, like you're saying, commercial stuff needs to be a little bit more clean or maybe a little bit more soft or whatever the case might be. So that's that's definitely one take on it. Well, your portfolio is broken into sections. You have, um, on your website at least, you have fashion, you have beauty, and music. When you approach a shoot for any of those three categories, is it is it a different mindset or do you just uh, go image by image? Well, you know what the... The fashion stuff, it's usually we we'll go with our idea or our concept or theme or whatever it might be and and we'll we'll have that to start with. And, you know, I like to get to the shoot and everyone just get into the groove, get comfortable, everyone's having a good time and a lot of the stuff we do is really kinda of on the spot and improv, you know. I, it's nice to have an agenda but at the same time I, I really like to just flow with whoever's feeling good or looking good or what do you think about this? Or, oh, do you guys have an idea for this? You know, just kind of just get into the groove and go with what's coming along. Unless there's something really specific I want to do. Um, as for the beauty, I say my beauty is, I was never really a beauty um, a beauty photographer. I kind of stumbled into that little by little. And once I got here, I, I've got an amazing makeup artist on. And um, she's always pushing me. Let's shoot some beauty. Let's shoot some beauty. So I said, all right, you know, let's do that. So we started up the beauty section and, I actually really like one one thing that I try to do when I shoot beauty is not really standard just face. I, I want to throw into something a little different, like surroundings or whether it be just clean lighting, natural lighting, or just something different than a straight-on beauty shot, you know? Some of the stuff in there is a little bit more storied out. Um, because I'd say a majority of the stuff I shoot, I really like to kind of give a story with it or it's more than just, one or two shots, you know, when I shoot, I like to get a series of six to ten to twelve whole looks out of it or something we can get a whole story with, you know, something to go by. That's cool. Yeah. I, I definitely I definitely enjoy looking at series more than I do individual photos, it seems, and I, I think I try and translate that a lot to my own work as well. Right, right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've, I've always kind of felt like that. It's like, for instance, people make promo cards, you know, and people are always like, oh, I don't know what image to put on there. Everyone struggles with that, you know. It's kind of like, okay, you made an awesome image. Now, you should be able to make plenty more of those, so it's really difficult 
to put together a card or something like that, but it's also the same when I look at people's sites, you know, I'm I'm constantly inspired by people's work and I'll see something or maybe I'll just see one or two images and I'll, I'll always be like, wow, I wish I could see more of that story or, you know, right, just a right. little bit more. So I, I don't know, I kind of push myself to do that, to get a little bit more out there than one or two per, per story or whatever it might be. Speaking of stories and some of the, the sets and backgrounds and things like that that you were mentioning, what would you say is probably the most interesting location or shot or shot that you've done in terms of uh, um, I, I guess in terms of oddness factor? Oddness. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I've shot in a lot of. Very, I don't know. I've shot in a lot of places. I guess um, I'd say the most interesting. It kind of blew my mind when I saw it. I was just like, "Wow, this is. We need to shoot here. This is sick." Uh, there's this place out in Jersey. It's a uh, they filmed a movie out there, uh, uh, The Lost Sea, maybe. I don't know, there's a whole series we did. It just ran, actually, a 13-page story in uh, My Shirt Out Pop from uh, California. And it just came out this last week, actually, and it's in, it's in the fashion section. Um, it was kind of a whole stranded heroin she girl ran away story. And basically this whole beach is abandoned, and it's old kind of um, carnival circus area, a lot of bricks. Um, and then, you know, you got the sand and the water right there. And it, it, the whole place is completely abandoned feeling. And wow. When you're there, it, just, it really has that odd, odd kind of eerie vibe. So I, I, I definitely think that came out in that shoot for sure. That's cool. I, I also like the images that you have in your music portfolio that are partially underwater. What was that like? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that was one of the best shoots. It was so much fun. Um, so that's the change of pace. They're uh, Arizona band. Great guys. So much fun to work with. Um, I work with them on an ongoing basis. A lot of the music stuff, you know, it's fun to do because these guys always have energy or they want to do something different, you know? So I'm like, you know, what do you guys want to do? Let's do something a little bit different than you see. Like, you guys got any ideas? And we'll kind of play around. And so they told me, you know, we wanted to do like a beach thing. I'm like, come on, we did that before. So playing with ideas, they're like, what about a pool or something? And I'm like, all right, yeah, that could be cool. So then I started thinking about it, and I'm like, I've never really done an underwater shoot or anything. So, you know, I called up a local rental store. And, by the way, not to mention, that stuff's expensive, renting housing and underwater <laughs> shows. And I'm like, that's kind of blown away. Just like, hey, if you guys want to do this, you know, it's, it's not going to be cheap. I'll tell you that, first of all. But I'm like, no, no, let's do it, let's do it. I said, cool. So, um, anyway, there's this great pool. Um, we rented it out for the day, and... These guys come, they're from Arizona, you know, so they get to California, and they're just having a great time, and they got a whole pool to themselves, like Olympic-sized pool. There's water slides, so these guys are just going nuts, you know. <laughs> um, and so we ended up shooting that with a couple of strobes underwater, a big, big housing, and, I mean, we had weight belts, we had everything weighed down, we had them going down every every three seconds, they'd stay down for two shots, come up, you know, get their breath, we'd go down, it was just totally synchronized. And, uh, yeah, that was definitely one of the most fun shoots I've done, for sure. That's cool. Do you meter underwater and everything the same way, or did it, what was that like? Um, i definitely say it was, it was challenging to figure out, you know. It's, we shot that, like, middle of the day, so we got sun coming over, figuring out, you know, do you want a little bit of ratio, do you want this and that. So it was, there's a lot of going back and forth where, like, 10 minutes. I mean, after that, it's kind of like, all right, you, you know what you want, just you got to be in the right spot, and the light's set. So it, And then, you know, I got my assistant right next to me, 
going up and down with the strobe as well. And everyone's just got to be super synchronized. It's fun. That is. But cool. uh, as far as metering, it was, you know, you're wearing a gog- you're wearing goggles too to look through the back of the frame, and <laughs> right. It was definitely adventurous, you know. While we're talking about specific images, if you don't mind, Nicholas, I liked another series that you had in your fashion portfolio. It was on a black background, and it was like kind of a really cool um, edge lighting. Oh, sorry, uh, go ahead. No, I, I guess I was just wondering if you could explain kind of how you light something like that, because it really seemed like it, it. the result was a really cool, dramatic, I don't know, kind of a, a pop kind of feel to it because of the edge lighting and, and the uh, spot on the floor. Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, when I'm shooting in the studio, I, especially if I'm up against a black background, I definitely like some separation, you know, and handle an edge light. And in that case, it was, we, we started shooting with, we did a test with one side light and I just, you know, I wasn't completely feeling it, so we did a double and then it looked great. And then, you know, it's just finding the separation when shooting on all black. Or with, I mean, we're shooting black clothes on black too, so, you know. Getting that whole thing rounded off with some good edge, and then it still wasn't there for me. So I said, you know, let's let's get a light going on the floor. Let's get a little bit something more, a little bit more visual and technical. So I don't know. I guess when I shoot in studio, I kind of have a similar a similar vibe going. I'll, I'll do a couple different things that I usually like to do, and it's either a lot of side light and or a lot of beauty dish, really tight and dramatic over the face. So that one was kind of um. Kind of one of the two, I guess. Really strong side light. That's cool. Did you use gels at all? And do you tend to use them at all in your Um, No, you know, I normally don't work with gels that much. I I definitely like to um, start working with them a little bit more and throwing in some different effects and some different lighting, but I really haven't used gels. That's cool. They're great images. I really like those. There's there's also some images in your in your portfolio where you you have their outdoor shots, but they're obviously mostly artificially lit, and you sort of downplay the ambient light or or the sky even in some cases. Uh, it's, that's pretty cool. Could you talk to, a little bit about how that's done? Um, I guess I guess I always see uh, you know similar similar stuff like that when when I started out with doing more people subject stuff. And, it, you know, it's always been a really cool a really cool idea and, like, how the whole thing works. You know, it's playing off. People always trip, you know, you show them in frames. They're like, you know, how do people do that? Like, I don't understand. It's just bright out, you know. But it's, you know, it's pretty simple as far as overpowering your subject and figuring out the technique you like to use, where you want your your background, you know. Do you want it this dark or do you want it three stops darker? And so most of my stuff, I definitely like to get saturated side-screen background, a little bit darker, a little bit moodier, kind of poppy on the subject, you know, so you're definitely looking at the subject, but yeah, I definitely say whenever I shoot outdoor, I like to play off the ambient, bring it down, and, you know, make sure that the subject is really well lit. So when it actually comes to post, and you're actually done with, um, you know, you've done the makeup, you've done the location prep, and you've set your lighting and everything like that. What percentage of time do you tend to, to spend in post-production? Because I know a lot of the photographers that we've talked to, some of them will say, oh, I spend two minutes per image and that's it. And then some of them will spend a whole lot of time per image. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny to, um, to see how a lot of the people that are working now with post, a lot of the, I'd say, guys who've been in it for a, a lot longer and they're a little bit older don't, I would say, as, as a whole, don't 
use the computer so much or may not shoot so much digital and whatnot, but, you know, computer's your friend. Digital's definitely your friend now. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, um, but I'd say a standard, my standard techniques are, I'll, I like doing everything in camera, like everything. People will be on the shoot or the set and just, if something's not this or there, they're like, oh, Photoshop, Photoshop. And I don't know, I, I hate that people have that mentality in their head, you know, just do it, Photoshop, but don't worry about it now. Right. So, you know, you know, you're spending the time then, but most of my stuff, you know, I like to do everything in camera. I'll get into Photoshop and I'll kick my saturation down. I, I like my saturation at a certain level, you know, I don't I don't like too much saturation, a little bit, a lot of the reds and the yellows taken out. Um, and then obviously the skin, I like to do flawless skin for the most part, you know, unless there's a particular look that we're doing that's a little bit more just raw and freckles and the whole bags under the eyes, but for the most part, you know, it's just saturation, it's bringing, bringing the curve to the right position, and then working on the skin or liquefying, you know, that's pretty much it. One thing I was going to talk to you a little bit about is about, aside from your, your commercial work that you do, um, actually, while we were talking, I found your, uh, your site on Model Mayhem. Do you find that you do a lot of test work still, or do you mostly kind of experiment on on the job sort of things now? Um, you know, that's it's a good question. I I do a lot of A work, uh, editorial work, campaign stuff, but I I love to keep the test side open too because, you know, you're working with new people, you've got new ideas, you've got new talent. It's, I mean, I, I really think it's all about keep on shooting. You know, people want to see more work constantly. The more you shoot, the more people see. So... Someone's got a good idea, or there's a great subject. He's got a good model, or someone's got some really good clothes, or you know, it's just I I just love to constantly be shooting, basically, and whether it be a paid test or whatever, you know, I just I just like doing it. But as far as the testing goes, it's everything that we do shoot on a test is geared toward getting published and whatnot. You know, it's it's definitely for the fun, but also in the fun, we have it geared toward getting you know, publish or run somewhere. So that's always in mind for sure. So when you're looking at getting, a lot of times when I'm either, when I'm thinking about um, doing test shoots and things like that, I'm I'm obviously thinking towards like my stock collection. How do you, how do you think about it? Uh, the shoots that you're doing and getting them published, do you take them and um, pitch them to editors or things like that? Yeah, well, it's, it gets really particular. I mean, uh, if you're doing a submission or a spec, something like that, it's definitely something that um, you'd like to run by, run by um, photo editor, editor, whoever it might be, whatever client you're interested in doing it for. Um, throwing it out in that direction and or showing them the results in the end, hey, this is what we're doing, this is what we'd like to do. But if, if you're doing submissions for fashion, per se, um, a lot of it has to do with, obviously, you need to have a good the shoot has to be good. But um, credits, you know, if you're going for flaunt, zinc, paper, stuff like that, you know, they're looking for particular brands. They're looking for advertisers, people they already have. You know, if you don't have that in your story, then, you know, it better be a damn, <laughs> either a damn good story or right. <laughs> something, you know. But really, when it comes to that stuff, especially with fashion, it's a lot about the, uh, the brand along with having a really good, 
Are you one of the guys that is a nut about a, his light metering then, since you're an in-camera guy, or, or are, you, are you kind of like... Uh, that's, that's so funny you ask that, um, because, man, when I when I first picked up a light meter, I'm like, this thing's amazing, you know, it's so much fun figuring it out with strobes and all that, but, you know, after time, it's kind of like you're figuring out, you, you like to play the guessing game, and we're like, oh, the light's going to be this or that, throwing it out, and but after that, it was kind of like, you know, then I started shooting a lot of digital, too. And, um, I don't know, I, I kind of, I can't say I've used the light meter in a long time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I really like to just throw it out there for the first one, like, just give it a, a good guess or saying it's going to be at 6 at one 100, you know, and just throwing it out there, see where you're at. And then next shot, you know, you say, all right, compensate, one-third, two-thirds, whatever it might be. And, uh... And then you're ready to go. I mean, but I would say, I mean, I love using the meter, but nowadays it's, you really don't need it. <laughs> do you uh, do you usually have like a laptop on the floor? Or, you know, are you tethered to a to a workstation then, or are you just pretty much checking the back of the um, camera? Yeah, well, I mean, when we're shooting in my studio, it's I've got a 30 inch at home, so I like to look at the thing. You know? <laughs> That's nice. So I've got I've got the cards lined up, ready to go. I got my assistant Sergio just popping them into the computer, seeing where we're at. Um, I'm on location, you know, I've got one, two laptops. And I don't I don't really shoot tethered unless I'm shooting medium format back. Usually shooting this Canon one D S uh one D. You know, it's the Mark II setup. I love Canon, so but um yeah, I pretty much only shoot tethered when I'm shooting medium back. Right. You have just a, a pretty cool story about how you got into into photography and the way that you're into it now. If you had to go back or if you had to give advice to someone who wanted to, to do the type of photography that you do, what, what would your advice be? Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, advice on, I don't know, I guess, I mean, really it's, it's all about finding what totally drives you and what makes you happy with, with doing this. If you want to be a photographer, you obviously have to be creative. It's really, especially in shooting fashion, you, you got to be self-motivated. you got to be able to get yourself out there. you got to be a go-getter you got to network. you got to network your ass off. I really think besides people, there's so much good talent. You know, there's so much good talent. And it's really, it has a lot to do with, you know, meeting good people, being a good person, and just putting it out there and doing plenty of work till it's seen, you know? So I guess I'd say shoot your ass off. <laughs> there you go. That's great advice. <laughs> Would you, do you think that it's important um, as far as your portfolio and, would you consider it to be more important to have like a diverse portfolio or to, or to work on your style and show one particular style? Well, I would I would think, you know, a lot of people ask, you know, people are always calling my agent for, for my book to get sent out. And when I would think, you know, most of these people are looking for a particular style. You know, there's people that light one way or there's people that shoot a subject in a certain manner. Like Raphael Mazzucco, he shoots all natural light and stuff really sexy fun, it's all about him and the model, really intimate, it's like, people want to see a, a specific something, you know, and I think, uh, I would think that my portfolio shows a little bit more, a little bit more youth, a little bit more energy, sexiness, um, and a little bit of rawness, you know, so when they're asking for my book, they're looking to see that. So in terms of uh, lighting and stuff like that, we had talked, so you were saying it was a little bit more well-rounded, I think that falls into play as well, but... I think it's more about, in general, how the style flows and what most of the imagery looks like as a whole. Okay, cool. So just be yourself and shoot a lot. <laughs> totally. <laughs>
That's what it is. Just get yourself out there. Well, Nicholas, we really appreciate you taking some time to hang out with us tonight. And uh, Yeah, thank you so much for having me, guys. I'm sure that our listeners are going to appreciate hearing from you and definitely checking out your portfolio because it's inspiring for uh, for us, for sure. Makes you want to go out and just like have a jam session and have some people who are Right on, guys. But uh, thanks so much, and uh, we appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, thank you, too, guys. Well, that's all we have for this episode of Light Source, the brightest podcast on the internet. Be sure to check out the show notes at studiolighting.net for the things that we talked about on today's show. And there you can also find links about our photography and keep up with the stuff that we've been shooting. And don't forget you can send us feedback or questions about the show to studiolighting at gmail.com. And we'll try to answer those questions on the show or in the lighting questions section on studiolighting.net. You can also get feedback on your photography in our Flickr group, which is at www.flickr.com slash groups slash light source. Till next time. Take care. Check out this show and more great photography podcasts at photocastnetwork.com. Photocastnetwork.com.